Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. Good morning. Welcome to the Jenkins Institute Podcast on Preaching and Ministry. I'm Jeff Jenkins. I'm in uh, Louisville, Texas, and I'm joined by my brother Dale today. How are you doing today, Dale? I'm doing wonderful, Jeff. You got that name. You, you, you said it so smooth and everything, just right. No problem. Good for you. Well, thanks for your help, helping me practice it 25 times before we came on the air today. That made it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start letting you do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm in well, Dale, uh, Spring Hill today and heading toward uh, North Carolina and South Carolina for the next couple of days. And uh, I know you've got some big stuff coming up too next week, and uh, I know you've got busy time for us. A lot of people are busy this time of year, aren't they? Yes, this is the time a lot of people have uh, special efforts in the summer, and it's always a joy to get to be a part of those. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being over at Waterview tonight with our good friend Jason Moon. He's uh, doing a great work there, and so, so uh, there we've got uh, today is our segment of the podcast that we call Help Desk, and uh, what we do for those who are maybe new or who are listening today who haven't been listening, we try to spend some time answering ministry questions uh, that pe- preachers have, uh, maybe uh, things that they're going through in, in their ministry or uh, questions that they have about ministry, and our goal is Certainly not to be a. Uh, we don't we don't know everything, and, and we we haven't been through everything, but we've been through a lot. And our goal is to try to help preachers during times when they have questions. Well, we have quite a few, and we don't have the time to give. And, and it wouldn't be a very interesting podcast. We spent thirty minutes on each question, but we have six or seven questions today. We'll try to get to two or three of them at least, and give you a good answer. If you have questions, we'll go ahead and remind you now that you'd like for us to answer on help desk, send those questions to tji at thejenkinsinstitute.com. And uh, we'll try to get those uh, questions answered in due course and get to them as quick as we can. And Jeff, let's go ahead and get started. First question. Uh, I, I just finished listening to episode seven, Jeff. That, that means there's at least one person listening to the podcast. Is that good news? No, what that means is there's one person who listened to one podcast. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they didn't say they listened to one through six, right? <laughs> right. So okay. the, the, the podcast on building up the church when you're not in the pulpit, they said they loved it, but it got them to thinking about one of the points we made, refusing to talk negative about anyone to anyone. And uh, they want us to kind of expound on that some a little bit. How do you diffuse a member or an elder? when all they want to do is complain about a person or about other people? Well, of course, that's, a, that's an excellent question, and we did have a discussion about that, and maybe it would be good to discuss a little bit more. I would assume that, and I don't know exactly what's going on, but you would assume that maybe, maybe a preacher has had people come to him, or um, maybe, you know, maybe members have come and they have questions or concerns and they talk about, maybe elders or other members of what's going on in the church. Um, there's a difference between people trying to help make things better and people gossiping or just trying to stir up trouble. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says that uh, we're not supposed to cause our brother to stumble. 
And uh, I had an old preacher friend in Oklahoma used to say, it doesn't say uh, we're not supposed to cause our brother to grumble. And a lot of people like to grumble and, and uh, kind of crouch that and you're causing me to stumble. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, <clears throat> Jeff, most people don't like it. And we probably don't even like the reality of it. But there are biblical methods of dealing with uh, complaining and griping and gossiping and, and being negative about other people and telling things. And, you know, the biblical method would be to tell the person, you need to go to that person and talk to them. Now, I know that's easier said than done, and I think you've made a really important point in that sometimes it's not a person gossiping. Sometimes it's a person that just needs somebody to talk to that will listen to them and uh, but we can kind of spot the difference between a person that's, that's gossiping. And, and if you can't spot it now, you'll be able to spot it eventually because they'll keep coming back to you, back to you, back to you, and eventually realize, oh, this person is just a person who likes to gossip about people. And that's the person you need to then talk to and say, listen, we don't handle things that way. Let's, let's go to the person and talk to them. If you need me to help you out with it, I'll be happy to help you out with it. Uh, we can become negative about everything if we're not really careful. Well, the, this person was asking about the why, uh, why we shouldn't be involved in negative talk uh, about anyone, to anyone, with anyone. And the first answer to that question is because it doesn't have anything to do with our being preachers, it's our being Christians. Yeah. And the Bible commands us. Uh, there are passages that talk about not sowing discord. There are passages that talk about um, we're supposed to let our speech be seasoned with salt with grace and uh, we're not supposed to let any bitter talk come out of our mouth and so so we shouldn't be a party to that and not because we're the preacher so uh, so to speak but because we're a child of god and no child of god should be involved in gossip or uh, criticism about the work of the church hey jeff do you remember our trip to to Pena, illinois we made uh, of course I do. Yeah, that, was, that was our first big trip together, I think. It was our first big trip together. It was 1986 or 7, I think. And uh, you, they, even, they asked you to come preach a meeting, and you invited me to join you. They advertised it as gospel in a barn. And, uh, you know, there are things we remember. And I remember on that trip complaining to you about somebody. And I remember you saying something. You don't remember it. I remember you saying to me, you know, if you ever talk bad about somebody else, it's going to get back to them. And, uh, that's been a long, 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 long time ago. And uh, right around 100% of the time, that's proven to be true. I, I, every time I find myself talking bad about somebody, I'm human, I do that sometimes, it ends up hurting me and more than another person. And not only is it wrong, it's hurtful, and it doesn't help anything. It doesn't solve any problems or anything. So be really careful. A lot of preachers listen to this podcast. Guys, be really careful. Uh, don't fall into that trap of, of running people down all the time and talking bad about people in the church. And You do that, that's going to get back to them. It's going to hurt more than it's going to help. So Dale, one other thing on this, uh, and that is how do you defuse a member or somebody who come to you when they're complaining about a person? Well, the obvious answer is what you said earlier about uh, you know, where to tell them that they should go to that individual. But uh, there's also the thought of saying, look, you know, we're all human. If somebody comes to you and they want to complain about a situation with an elder or another member or something, say, look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Uh, we need to be forgiving toward one another. 
And if you have an issue with this and you can't get past it, uh, the best thing to do, as you said, would be to go to, to that individual. All right, Jeff, we've spent 10 minutes on that question. We've got to move on. Okay, second. Go ahead, Dale. What's number two? All right, Jeff, this is one that we kind of dealt with a little bit last week, and I'd invite people to go back and listen to, um, I believe that's episode 11 that we did last week, uh, and talked about some of the racial matters and how to deal with racial issues in the church. And This one, though, is a little bit of a different twist to it. The person wrote us and asked us um, how we deal with, how we do away with churches divided over racial differences. And the person in their little town, there are three different churches. One's uh, what we would call a non-institutional church, and then one's what we consider mainline white church, and one's a black church. And, and, and he talks about how much stronger we can be together uh, if we work together. And even he talked some about in the past how the white brethren built churches for the black brethren, and, uh, and, and how, do, how do we break down those, those walls? And I'll let you address it first. I've got some thoughts on it as well, but I'll, I'll let my chauffeur handle it first. Well, uh, Dale, I, I would say that uh, if, if you're trying to do something that has never been done before, maybe, maybe there's never been any a unity, um, maybe there's never been any cooperation among congregations in an area, um, I would say that we need to uh, pray about it first. If, if, if you're a preacher and you're thinking about what can I do about this, of course, the first thing is spend time praying about it. And then if, if you have elders, I would encourage you to talk to your elders and tell them your concerns. Uh, ask them if they would be on board with, with you making efforts to try to make things better. And also, uh, would they be involved in that? Um, I, I would say... A good starting point would be go visit the preacher from the other churches. Uh, take, go have lunch with them, sit down and, and talk to them and tell them how you feel. See if, see if you get a sense that they feel the same way. And then on a larger scale, you can begin as you make uh, progress toward uh, getting to know somebody better. Um, you know, see if there's an opportunity to swap pulpits. See if there's an opportunity to have a combined worship service, uh, or maybe start with a combined fellowship or something like that. And, uh, if we're not talking about doctrinal differences, we're talking about just matters of cooperation uh, among different, uh, along racial lines or, or socioeconomic lines or something like that, uh, it's always good to, to, have, to spend time together, to get people together as much as possible. Excellent, Jeff. And you know, I'd, I'd kind of expand that just a little bit and say uh, the, the word divide there may not be the best word. Make sure that there is a division before we were called a divide. Uh, you know, one of my best friends lives in, in Spring Hill, but, uh, and I live in Spring Hill, and we live in two different houses, but we're not divided. We just live in two different houses. And uh, it, it may be that there's not a division. It may be just you worship in two different houses. And there may be a number of reasons behind that, and they may not be all negative. There is a reality of style when it comes to worship. Some people don't like that, but there is a reality to it. And my experience has been, and this is just my experience, and I could be wrong about this, but my experience has been that more often than not, the style of worship, style of singing, style of preaching 
uh, the black style and the white style tend to be different in a lot of locations. And there are some black people who want to keep the black style in worship. And that's not a racial statement. It's just a reality. And so we could invite them over to worship with us. We could worship with them. One style or the other is going to dominate. And what I see a lot of times, like in our congregation, we've got, I don't know, 10, 15 black folks in our congregation. And, uh, but the black congregation don't have any white people in it. And sometimes that, that is more a matter of style, and they want to keep that style. They want to keep the style that they and we want to keep the style we have, and it's not a it's just a matter of, of, a, of a style there. And so when you say extreme pulpits, together, uh, spend time together, uh, enjoy each other's company, have joint worship services periodically, do that. You're not divided. You just have two groups of people that, that practice a different style when they get together. And, and that may be not the best answer, but I think there's some reality to that. Dale, when we were living in Montgomery, Alabama, of course, the church in Montgomery was uh, racially divided uh, in a, on a fairly extensive way. Uh, I, I became friends with a, a group of, of uh, black preachers, and we, we, uh, we started out by going to lunch together. And then we were sitting at lunch one day, and one of the guys said, hey, let's go bowling. And so we went bowling together. Uh, oh. we, we did that about... About yeah, I don't know why, but that was what we did. But once a week, we go bowling. This is going to be the biggest racial thing I'll say today. They didn't want to invite you to go play basketball with them because they wanted to actually have yeah. a little bit of competition, possibly. Well, I don't think there was much there either. But uh, we we uh, we really grew to love each other. And when when uh, when 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 the congregation where these men, these brothers preach, would have a lectureship or a program. They would always invite me to speak, and, and we had a program I would invite them to speak. And, and we felt like we made some real headway uh, for a time there. And I think, I think just the, the more we get to know each other, and, and we, don't, we don't even have to talk about a racial division here. We can just talk about congregations, yeah. regardless of the makeup of the race. The more we get to know each other, and the more we spend time together, maybe even outside of worship, the, the easier it will be for us to be united uh, in what we're trying to do. And, and I, one other thing I would say about this is that you know, we don't even have to worship together. Whether, again, whether we're talking about racial division or, or just con different congregations in a community, um, we can be united and we can love each other. We can be forgiving without necessarily... Um, being involved in the same worship services together. And so uh, some people seem to think that, you know, if, if we can just get to where we can worship together, that means all of a sudden we've forgiven each other and, and we don't have any issues anymore. That's certainly not the case. That's, that's more, more, in my mind, more public show than, than uh, a lot of other things that we could do. So, so uh, just getting to know each other, spending time together, building relationships, and that'll go a long way in, in helping with the divisions in the, the life of the church. Now, let me toss one thing in here as well. When we were building our building, we invited the, the, the black congregation in the town here. We said, why don't we go together and build this building? And they didn't want to. So sometimes it's sometimes some white brethren act like, oh, we've created this division. We've created this. No, sometimes it's a separation that, that, that our black brethren want. Let's be aware of that and not force something 
that doesn't have to exist and enjoy and create and community among brethren in every good way we can. Again, that doesn't mean necessarily we're working in the same house. Now, I, I know one of the things I see healthy right now in the church is I see a lot of congregations that are very diverse when it comes to racial uh, diversity. And I think that's a beautiful thing to see. But don't think just because the church isn't, that means that church is, is racist. It may be that the people that are in a different race want to be with the people of their race. And that's not wrong necessarily. All right, Jeff, number three. Uh, we got time? Wait, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and uh, I think I think this one is a short answer. I mean, okay, number three. What helps you get the most out of a sermon? Preaching it. Okay, that's good. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I I think uh, you know it's just talking about getting the most out of as you're preaching the sermon or as you're listening to a sermon. Right. Um, and, and those may be two different answers. Uh, you know, one of the things, if you're listening, if you're a preacher and you're listening to somebody else preach, one of the best ways you can get the most out of the sermon is not try to sit there and figure out what you would be saying and, and uh, how you would make the sermon better. That's, that's a difficult task for preachers. It's hard to not to Yes, it is. We're always thinking about uh, what I would have said here, what point I would have brought in, what text I would have brought in. So, so uh, sometimes we need to, uh, you know, when we're sitting and listening to other preachers, we need to lay down our preacher hat and, uh, and listen so that we can grow spiritually. We can learn. It's amazing uh, you know, what we can learn if we just listen to what other people have to say. Yeah, and, and I guess there's a degree to which how we listen varies from person to person. Some people are active listeners. They listen. They, they want to nod. They want to amen. They want to participate. Some people really kind of want to meditate as they listen. I know on most Sundays I see people, a lot of people meditate. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of preacher, a lot of people do prayer and medication. Yeah. I mean meditation. <laughs> and then some people write, you know, when they when they listen. And then some people even multitask when they listen. I don't know. There are different ways to listen. But, uh, you know, I do think I was talking to one of our teenagers yesterday. Uh, that a lot of times our problem with worship is that we don't prepare ourselves for worship. We don't prepare ourselves to listen. We don't prepare ourselves to get ourselves the right mind to get things out of our mind where we can focus on what's not in place. And so I do think that uh, that's, that question is one that it varies from person to person. But I find that I do best when I write notes that I can look up over later and remember what's said and think about it. And if you're talking about uh, how do you get the most out of a sermon you're preaching, I think the answer to that is just uh, is the same that you're trying to get other people to do, and that is make application to what you studied and what you're saying, make application to your life. How, what can I do to, uh, to, to put this into practice in my life? All right, Jeff, great to be together today. Hope you enjoy your uh Good uh, unsweet tea with a splash of lemonade in it there. That's exactly what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My choice of drink. All right. Good to be with folks today. Thank Good. you for listening today, and we hope you'll join us again next time. And until next time, may God's richest blessings be yours.